This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. I'm sitting in Sag Harbor at a restaurant called Tutto Il Giorno, and I'm about to have lunch with my best friend, Andy Cohen. Our setting for today's conversation couldn't be more kind of perfect. Sag Harbor is a place that Andy and I would run around in our 20s. We used to go to this place called the Paradise Diner, which was super gay and super fun, and it's long gone. In 1997, we were sitting there having cheeseburgers when we found out Princess Diana died. We cried, and then we went to a gay bar called The Swamp. This is what Sag Harbor is. As I sit here today waiting for Andy, I am really reminded of all the good times. Countless days sitting on the beach, great afternoons listening to music, playing poker, fun times where we just had friends over and we were laughing and cooking dinner. Sad times because relationships ended, people came, they left. Reckless times because we just sometimes drank too much or drove too fast. We were young and we were having a blast. I went to the wrong place. Well, hello, Andy Cohen. Hi, Bruce. Where'd you go? I went to Dopo. Dopo? Tuto Dopo. I was a dopo. You were That's a dopo. where your car is parked, a dopo. Can I get you anything to drink? A rosé? I'll have a rosé. I'll have one, too. Yes. Thank, Thank you. Might as well. What? Cheers. Cheers. So 28 years later, mm. here we sit. Pull up a chair. We're going to have some fun. I'm Bruce Bozzi, and this is Table for Two. And we can also order Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo, I'm gonna get the linguine with clam sauce. I mean, do you want to start if you want to start? No, it's all right. The tuna tartare? That's what I was looking at. We'll get that. Okay, the tuna tartare. And I'm gonna do the spaghetti. Um, hi, Andy Cohen. Thank you for joining me today for lunch. Yes. Um, You know, Sag Harbor is a very important place for us because to me, it launched our friendship. Yes. Think about it. Yes. The summer of 94, 95, 96. Even though we had the years, like the September through May, it was the summers. Talk to me about 
those numbers. But you remember, you know, us. Well, that was when I met you. You were dating um, someone who was my best friend. Yep. And we, he found an amazing house mm-hmm. that was uh, on the bay in Sag Harbor. And we all crammed into this little two-bedroom house. We had a little chair yep. starting in 1994. So we were in this teeny house. And um, we were crammed in. And, I mean, look, I spent the first two summers just staring at your tuchus. <laughs> in your little, you had a blue bikini I and did. a red bikini. I did. <laughs> and, I mean, each of the bikinis had their merits. But, ah. Uh, you look My so good. Look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your big blue eyes. Yeah. And you know, I mean, <laughs> I was like, who is this pretty boy? I mean, well, one of the things that you would do those summers, you'd always ask, like, well, who, like, what do you like? Who, like, what do you I like? Was like, to what, do? Are, what are you gonna do for a job? Because you I, were working at the Palm. So, did, I mean, did I think you were a little stu-not? Yeah, I, I mean, thought I, I was know. a dope. No, because I could talk to you endlessly. And- but one of the things that I think was really, that you might not know about you during that time was, you know, when you asked those questions, I was a little bit deprogrammed, and I was certainly lost, and I was working for my family at the Palm, as you said, but that was a, like, and I, mean, I couldn't really come up with an answer. That never left. Like, this guy who is, I mean, at the time, you were working at CBS, you're completely driven right and I'm lost that was like it was a painful question and a good question to be asked and it never sort of left me that I always said when I said to you oh I like magazines yeah I was like well maybe you want to work in magazines is that something you would want to do you're like maybe listen it was it was really fun so began my my relationship with the Hamptons thanks to Jeff your ex who found this place and then you guys broke up and he wound up moving elsewhere and I held on to the house and I rented the house until this year yeah 2022 so um, that was great 1994 to 2022 what were when we go back to those summers we didn't really go to the beach what did we do we laid out at the house we were very much at the house you were like king of music and pop culture for the house, even then. Right, yeah. Like you were really an educator for me in regards to like Diana and remixes and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. What was the music of the time that we were listening to? Back well, then? we were listening to very gay kind of dance music and remixes. A ton of Madonna. Right. I mean, it was Madonna. It was Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. In her Madonna. prime. Yeah. I mean, it was Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. Yeah. That's really. And Cher was coming up with new stuff. Wow, look at this. This is the tuna tartare. This is beautiful. Wow. This is the traditional bread from the Isle of Sardinia. Oh, the flatbread. From the Isle of Sardinia. (laughs) Andy, how would you describe yourself in the early 90s? I was really ambitious. Mm -hmm. I was very energized by the city, by my job at CBS News. I wanted to do everything. I got no sleep, and I did do everything. I just never stopped. I wanted to succeed at CBS. I wanted. I said yes to every assignment. What were some of the big assignments? I remember you going places with Dan Rather. I did one shoot with Dan Rather that was really impactful for me, which was just a profile of Don Imus for 48 hours, actually. Right. 
and I was doing a lot of entertainment stuff for the morning show at CBS. I said yes to everything. I loved it. No, the funny thing is I stayed in that beach house for 28 years, and I loved it so much. It was a sweet little love shack. It really was. And I always said the only thing that would get me to leave this house would be if I was ever lucky enough to have a house on the ocean. And I actually never envisioned myself able to afford that. That was not in my realm. And so now, I'm. by the way, I just came from a walkthrough at my new beach house, which will be done God knows when, maybe the end of the year. You say you were very ambitious, and you were very ambitious, and you worked really hard. But one of the things that I think maintains to this day is you always were having fun. I remember going to work with you. I remember, you know, we were obsessed with a weatherman at CBS and like WCBS, a local guy. I mean, you had no idea how the trajectory of the next 28 years would be, not only financially, but your actual career. I mean, you were, you were producing morning show that you were at 48 hours. Then you go run back to the morning show or you were done with mm -hmm. the morning show. What were the steps? Like, if you had to sort of say, I know Dan was a big influence on you. Well, he was like the king of CBS News, obviously. Yeah. He was the big anchorman. I don't know what my goal was because I thought that I had made it the whole time that I was right. at CBS. Because you never talked about, like, I, I wasn't like, do, oh, I need right. to go do this or that or the other. I remember when I was offered a job that would have doubled my salary to be a producer at the Sally Jesse Raphael show. Across the street from CBS. Yes, and I was like, I mean, no offense to Sally Jesse Raphael, but isn't it ironic that I now produce The Housewives, which some highfalutin people consider like trashy TV, but right. I considered at the time Sally Jesse Raphael kind of, well, you know, you, lower than what I was doing at CBS, right. but it was twice the money, but I stayed at CBS because I was like, that's not who I am, and well, that's, that's not my values, but the irony is that I do consider The Housewives who I am because I think it's a great soap opera. I think it's the great American soap opera, and I've always loved soap operas. But do you also think, I mean, you talked a lot about Oprah in your life and what an yeah. influence she was, so do you think maybe Oprah, you know, once you once you go to the Oprah talk show, you're not going to Sally Jesse. Right, exactly. Yeah. If Oprah had been in New York, I would have done everything I could to work at that show. Yeah. yeah. Since we're talking about work, I want to talk to you about a couple of people and just see how they influenced your career. Because growing up with you, because I think we grew up together. Yeah. I mean, someone like Lynn Redmond, who people don't know. So Lynn was a producer. Explain who Lynn is and, you know. Lynn, who I spoke to this morning, I was her intern when I started at CBS News in like 1989. And she was just this woman who I was like, oh my God, she has the best energy. Yeah. And I like fell in love with her. Yeah. And I said to her, we're gonna be friends. And she said, no, we're not. You're an intern. I remember when I came out to her, cause she thought that I was straight. She felt like she had to share something about herself. Cause I had shared so She said, well, I'm getting divorced. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And I mean, so began a really incredible friendship. And I think in terms of a influence, I mean, it's funny because she reluctantly admits that I gave her great advice, even in those days. Work advice? Work advice. Like, and I was like 23. You know, she got offered a job at the CBS Evening News and she had all these 
fears about going there for the morning show and she was going to have to integrate the CBS Evening News because there weren't really many people of color working there. Right. And, and I said, you have to do this. I mean, you absolutely have to do this. Do you think that's part of, like, your, you know, if I had to describe you, one of the things that is amazing about you is that the aptitude that you're able to give great advice you listen to you know what I mean you know it's so funny I take relationship advice on my radio show all the time I give relationship advice I am in no way qualified I look at me I'm like eternally why single think, so like why why is that the case I think my bar on people is so high right I think all of, I have the greatest friends you do so I'm comparing people new people to people that I've known for so long I'm open to it I mean now I have two kids I mean yeah we're gonna talk are about people Lucy really looking for a 54 year old guy with two kids yeah I don't think so I mean I don't know I don't think so that sounds not desirable to me <laughs> it's a lot of work I'll tell you that much yeah tell me about it This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to Table for Two. As my conversation with Andy carries on, the sunlight at Tutto Il Giorno shines softly and doesn't threaten to turn gold for hours. Shifting our focus to friendship, specifically male friendships, which have meant so much to Andy and me over the years. One of the things that isn't necessarily 
culturally seen a lot is uh, very visible male friendships. And you talk about growing up, and I had the same thing like you did, which is a lot of girlfriends, you know. But you have very visible male friendships. So I want to kind of just touch upon your relationship and who and who these guys were to you. I went to college, and I went to orientation at BU, orientation weekend. And my person that I was assigned with in my room, it turns out, is this guy, Dave Ansel, who became like my brother. Yeah. And he really is like my brother. And we call him Straight Dave because he's like the straight version of me. He and I, his family was in the food business. My family was in the food business. We just so connected. And I will say within 48 hours of freshman year beginning, Dave turned to me and looked me in my eyes and said, I love you. And I was like, what? And I was like, oh my God. And and you were not out to him. No. And he was not saying, I love you. Like, 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 like we're in love. Like, we're gay guys. Right. It was brotherly love oh, that I had never right. experienced. Okay. And I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest. Right. And, you know, I mean, maybe when he first started, he had a great V. He had a teeny little waist. He was a swimmer. I mean... You he changed over the years. I think at the beginning, I fantasized about him a right. little bit, but then I just was in love with him. And then I remember when he would fool around with girls, I would get a little jealous. Yeah, this is 86. 86. I would get jealous. I would be like, oh, Dave slept out last night? Like, <laughs> who is this whore that he was with? You know, and I'd be like, who did you have sex with? And he's like, so-and-so. I'm like, ugh. He's like, you don't think she's hot? I'm like, no, she's hot. You know, like, <laughs> anyway. trying to pretend a little bit. Yes. Like we did. Oh, my like God. We totally pretended. You had to get by at that time. Would you peek at him when he was getting changed? No, not really. No, no. no, I mean, we. I mean, I saw him naked, and he saw me naked, right. but nothing. I was that, it was really like a brother. When I looked at him naked, it was like I was looking at my brother. Right. Like, there was no, there was not. So you liken it to John Mayer. How is so that? So the John Mayer thing is... John Mayer is someone who's very in touch with his emotions, too. He very quickly, in our friendship, started saying, like, you know what? I gotta tell you something. I love you. Like, wow. he is someone to say, yeah. I love you, and I cherish you, and I cherish our friendship, and just this stuff that straight guys aren't necessarily right. supposed to say. Andy's friendship with straight men have upended a lot of preconceived notions about what male friendship can look like. His most recognizable friendship, though, <laughs> has developed on screen and in the public eye with a fellow gay TV personality. Yes, I'm talking about Anderson Cooper. So then what's the difference between me and Anderson in your life? two of your closest gay friends. I mean, I would say at this point, Anderson is closer than you as a friend. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he is. You have a whole, like, no. you're on tour with him. Anderson He's like your... and I have a very specific relationship in that we've known each other for years, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I would say in the last 15 years, we've gotten much closer because he's been able to kind of guide me as I've been in front of the camera and right. guide me navigating what that is and having a show and saying the wrong thing and getting it printed in the paper and you know there are a lot of 
things about navigating that world of doing a show every night that he can relate to and that he's given me really good advice about. You guys are sort of like the uh, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, where you're the real, the funny guy. And then the great thing is, yeah, we've been able to kind of, we've been able to develop our friendship as a public duo, which has been so fun for me. And I think for him, because both of us are such solo acts. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't want to have a co-host at these reunions <laughs> right. or on Watch What Happens Live. Like, right. it's a one-man band. And Anderson ain't looking for a... You know, don't put Connie Chung next to him <laughs> in the anchor chair <laughs> like they did to Dan Rather. Like, yeah. So he's a solo show. So I think for both of us to be able to do this thing together and do New Year's Eve together, this will be our sixth year, I think, doing New Year's yep. Eve. You've been a pair. You kind of, like, created this thing, and then you also become parents at the same time. How has that impacted your friendship? And It's you know. impacted it a lot. I mean, we're, you know, we're these geriatric parents. <laughs> um, and, you know, hobbling around, chasing our children. But look, it's another bonding thing. And also, I think it's a really... I think what's going to be really interesting for us is going to be... As it develops, being gay dads, you know, as our kids start realizing more and more, oh, I have gay dads. I think that will be something that I'm so glad that Ben will grow up with Wyatt. And Ben will grow up seeing Anderson and Benjamin raising Wyatt and Sebastian. And I was playing this stupid question game with Ben, which I shouldn't play the other day at dinner, where I was like... Let's play a question game. And I'm like, yellow or blue? He's like, blue. You know, and do a hot dog or mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. But then I started saying, like, because I am so shady and I'm even doing it with my kid, I'm like, would you rather go to Wyatt Cooper's house and play or would you rather have a play date with, like, ex-friend of his right. from school right. and he's like mm, I'd rather go to Wyatt Cooper's and I was like oh thank Whoa. god and then I was like I'm like you don't need I know and I'm like you know always. what Andy you don't need to be pitting Ben's friends against each other like these are look I know you know and I said like would you rather go to Bruce's in California or go to Mon Paz oh my so god which is a terrible That's thing terrible. to choose yes. I hope he chose me he chose Mon Paz which was the right choice the right because choice. those are his grandparents yeah. Andy has definitively transformed TV hosting the Housewives reunions, interviewing famous friends on Watch What Happens Live. There isn't a question he's afraid to ask. You might not be surprised to hear that he's always been like this. He's been a pot stirrer since the day I met him. And well, it's one of my favorite things about him. One of the things that I can remember vividly is every time that we were together in 94, 95, and 96, I inevitably would be in a fight with the guy I was dating because you would have a tidbit, a nugget of information yeah. that you would throw out shady. onto the table. Yes. And I'd be like, oh no, here it comes, here no. it comes. It's just clearly part of the DNA, which also makes you super successful in what you're doing. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Provocateur. But last night, I was at a birthday party for John Slattery. Right. I went to the bar. There was this woman. She goes, oh, I'm Gina. And then this guy was there who was very attractive, and he was waiting for a drink. And he goes, hey, I'm so-and-so. And I said, are you two lovers? 
to the two of them, which, by the way, straight people, it's not a thing that straight people say. And the woman was very titillated because this guy was very cute. She goes, no, we're not. And I go, well, you two should get to know each other. Like, I found out later that I was married and his wife was at the party, so oh, nice. it was very inappropriate. Yeah. But I asked another twosome of straight people, are you two lovers? And they're... I think to ask straight people, like, and they were married, they go, well, we're married for 25 years. I go, so you are lovers. I go, you know each other quite well. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Welcome back to my conversation with Andy Cohen on Table for Two. There's something that happens during a long meal in a restaurant like Tutto Il Giorno. If you take your time, you're bound to be interrupted by someone special. Even if she's just giving you a hard time for not visiting more often. Darling, Karen. Uh, honey, I love you. I love you, Tom. Why don't I have seen you? You left me alone. No, I didn't. Why? When? I've been all by myself. Have you? I don't need She's been to. working her ass off. I love you. You I look. I see you here anymore. After Donna gives us a hot tip for a new restaurant, and Andy and I promise to visit her more often, we settle back into our conversation. In one of your books, you talk about that you loved growing up in the Midwest. Occasionally, I would go to St. Louis, and to my astonishment, the neighbors brought over muffins and pies right, when Andy yes. came home. And I was like, wait, I don't understand this. Like, you know the person who lives next door to you? And they bring, it was literally, you yes, know, it was like leave it to be. Yes. It was crazy. 
But so I want to ask you now that we have Lucy and Ben in the world, and how do you plan on keeping it simple? Well, which is an important piece, especially because your life is much bigger than they're going to have a totally different upbringing. I mean, they're growing up. You know, they're city kids already. They're city kids. Yeah, and they're already seeing. But how do you keep it simple? They walk out of the, sh the block, you get stopped. Every six feet, you're stopped. New York is Mayberry in reality. Right. I mean, the, the thing you. that is nice about people stopping me, all they say is, hi, Andy. And they say, hi, Ben. Like, usually they're not coming up for a picture or stuff when Ben is there. I mean, they sometimes do, and I do it, but that will change as Ben starts to become more aware of it. I'll say, I can't do it right now. But he calls you Andy Cohen, which is funny. Sometimes he does. But that makes sense, you know. It's funny. He'll be like, come here, Andy Cohen. I'm going to jump in the deep end. Catch right. me. Right. He also does it because he knows that I laugh. I don't think he knows why it's funny. Oh, no, no. But right. how do you keep it simple? I'm just trying to keep their lives as localized as possible. I just don't want them to be douchey. And I want them to be aware of what they have. I want them to work when they can. So now that you have old enough, two children, Lucy's baby, and you're three years in with Ben, and you've watched me with Ava, is it what you thought it would be? I think you can think what it's going to be, but it takes on a life of its own. What's so the hardest part? I think the current hardest part is that he's just testing his boundaries. Right? He's testing how much he can get away with. And which is a very normal thing to do at three and a half, but it is exhausting to navigate. No, you can't hit me. No, you can't wear pajamas to camp. And explaining and then having them be very upset that I can't wear pajamas to camp. And, you know, yesterday we had a terrible morning. I mean, it was just ruthless. It was exhausting. <laughs> Today, we had a great morning, you know? So... It's normal. It's like every... Right. I think there's a volatility to it that's a little what, tiring. What would be the attributes of growing up in the Midwest that you would like to make sure your children have? That a sense of values. The value of a dollar and working for it. Right. I just... I always worked growing up. And so I want to figure out a way that this kid... Your can... parents did. What were some of the jobs again? The opera well, house? Well, I mean, I was... Uh, I delivered papers, which I loved when I was, like, in fourth grade. I was a doorman at Opera Theater of St. Louis. I worked for our family's food business. That was mainly... I worked there every summer or break, making deliveries, answering phones, making copies, working in the warehouse, working on the assembly line, like everything that I could possibly do, I did. You worked in, in college in Faneuil Hall, right? Mm-hmm. I worked at a very deadheady, like, push cart for four years, actually, all four years at BU. I also was a waiter, uh, but I worked there selling Mexican, like, Blankets and those Baja pullovers and bracelets. Andy has come a long way since his days selling oversized ponchos from a push cart. But one thing that has never wavered is his work ethic. As you have these two children and you've been working your ass off for the tw last, you know, your whole adult career, right now you are extremely busy. I know. You're writing another book. Yes. 
So mm-hmm. what makes you? What made you lean into writing another book oh, at this particular um, moment? And what's the book going to be? Well, the book's going to be the third installment of the Andy Cohen Diaries series. And people who love the diaries, and they both sold very well, have said, when are you going to do another one? And I just wasn't... I I didn't think they would be different enough from the first two, and now I'm raising kids. Lucy is born during this book. I mean, things happen that are different than in the first two, and I'm dealing with, you know fighting with Ben's toddler bed. I mean, things that I never would have imagined writing about. So I think that parents will really relate to this, and it's truly a different chapter in this series, and it's a different chapter in my life that I'm living. Do you think because, you know, the nature of your celebrity is is about the visibility, do you feel like, and you are, and one of the things you've created with Housewife franchise is the looking into people's homes and relationships that there's that's something within you that you're that like I like people to shy do. away from. Yes. You like to share. You lean into. I think that I do like to. I am more selective than people would realize about what I share. Mm-hmm. But I do like to. I think it's fun, and I think people kind of expect it of me, especially since I expect it of everyone in my universe in the right. in the housewives right. universe. But I'm not on one of these shows, and so... Is there anything you've ever shared that you regret? You go, I wish I had not gone there. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to rehash it because then it gets rehashed. But, yeah, there have been a couple... You know, the thing about it is, the nature of celebrity now is that you make an offhanded comment a lot of times on a podcast or on the radio... That you're just sitting here, and then oh. if you look at the sentence on its own, you yeah. sound absolutely insane. Yeah, and people do and break it down like that. Yes, and so, and then my mother calls. Your mother is like, what, what, are you big, what, are, "What are her big issues with you when it comes to this?" Well, now it's anything relating to the kids. Right. So, I sent her the first chunk of this new book I'm working on to see if she felt that I violated Ben's privacy in okay. this book. And she cleared it. She did? She said, it's okay. Your mom's been a huge influence in your life. We both have strong relationships with our mom. We both have strong mothers. How much credit do you give that influence into bringing you to where you are today? A lot. I mean, I think she always taught me that there was a world outside of my box. Yeah. She always thought it was important that my sister and I realized that we were privileged and that everyone didn't live like us. Mm -hmm. She used to work with juvenile delinquents in the city kind of system. And she brought us there. I remember she brought us to the juvenile detention center once because she wanted us to see these kids. Yeah. get it into our heads. A, what could happen if you start, you know, she was trying to scare us straight a little bit. But also, just say, not everyone has it so easy. Behind our house, there was this law office that Senator Eagleton from Missouri, Thomas Eagleton, had an election headquarters there one year. And she kept saying to me, you should go volunteer. She was really bugging me. She's like, go to 
Eagleton's office and volunteer. And I was like 13. And I went and I started volunteering for them to the point that I loved it there so much that I was hanging out there every day after school. It became my life. Wow. From like late when I got back from camp um, to, or it was that summer, and then the election was in November. But I became, and I think that you brought up Lynn Redmond earlier, I think that was what made me become fearless when I started at CBS News, thinking that I was going to be friends with all these much older people around me, because I did become friends with these people. Um, I remember their names today. Patty Arnold, Jackie. There were all these people that I met during internships and stuff who were older who would, like, take me out to lunch when I was a kid. You know, I would be, like, 15. Most talkative. They would take me out (laughs) to lunch, and I'd be like, so, you know. (laughs) So I think that that really affected me. And I really felt like I was in somewhere cool working for this election campaign. I was like, this is really interesting. And these idiots in my class, what are they doing? I got to say, your parents really, the fact that your parents saw you, you know, when you're seen and you're motivated and you're pushed to be a part of something and to learn, and your mom, when you came out, your mom leaned in, she understood, she saw you, she knew what was coming, you know what I mean? And she embraced it and she learned about it. It's completely part of the wholeness of you. Yeah. And you're fortunate that didn't happen in my yeah, family. That just, yeah, you know, most people don't have that. Yeah, not, and they struggle. Yeah, from that point on. Yeah, I was very lucky. You know, you are one of the only openly gay late night talk show hosts. I am the only. Well, let's assume maybe there might be someone in the closet, but you are the only. Well, who do you think's in the closet? No, That's nobody. an interesting No, 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 nobody. Neither are the Jimmies. Neither are the Jimmies. Colbert. No. I mean, Seacrest is as gay as you're going to get, but, but he's, he's not, not gay. No. So, no, I don't, think there's, I don't think there is. But my question is, you know, we grew up where, you know, when people thought you were gay, they weren't nice. Yes. And so you represent a rather large community and you're the only one out there yes when have you felt part of the group when have you felt not part, part of, of what group, group? The, the late, late night. night like when oh, has it been um, like oh well, yeah well no I don't totally feel part of the group I've been on late night TV for 13 years I mean I talked about years ago um, and Graydon Carter and I have talked about this there was a big photo shoot that Vanity Fair did of all of the late night talk show I remember that. And they left me out of it. Yeah, I remember that. But they added James Corden, who wasn't even on the air yet, and Trevor Noah, who had just started. And we were like- nice if he was gay. I know, he's so cute. And we were, my PR people were trying and trying, trying. Right. And actually, I was asked in a New York Times Magazine profile, there was a conversation about that I'm always keeping score of kind of where I rank in the universe of celebrity or how people see me right and I use that as an example is something that I was like you know I had been on the air for seven years yeah. at that point but they wouldn't and Graydon later said you know what after that article came out he goes you know what you were right you should have been in that which was really meaningful to me yeah I know he acknowledged I hurt that. your feeling yes and so but I think but why still, do you think it was overlooked but I just well first of all I think of... my show is not I'm not a comedian I think it's okay. I think it's a different kind of talk show true and I think that makes you know, I think there's been a traditional 
idea of what a late night talk show is. Right. I would argue that Watch What Happens Live has redefined what the late night talk show I is. I think so. Um, I mean, is, we've seen a lot of things that originated on your show bleed into everyone else's. Yeah, no. I mean, it was the first bar on late night. James Corden got a bar. Right. James Corden wound up kind of Ripping off your set. There you go. <laughs> so it is what it is. And that used to be stuff that I was really hypersensitive about. Right. And frankly, I just feel so grateful now. And I'm not blowing smoke and being bullshit. I'm so glad we're still going. Right. That it's like, great. Copy my set. Right. Go go with God. Right. Inshallah. Inshallah. So, I mean... I kind of, I think if, when you take a step back and you look at someone who represents uh, not the mainstream, it, it plays in and of itself. And you've gotten a lot of flack, but you have certainly redefined Late Night and mazel to you. Thank you. What are the next two chapters for you? Oh, God. I, mean, I don't know. I think it's figuring out my real estate. <laughs> And I'm finishing this mobile. beach house. I'm working on a new apartment in the city. And yeah. then I think I, it's the kids. I mean, the next, I, I want to keep all these planes in the air that I have going professionally. Yep. But also, I mean, it's really about the kids and just making sure they're as great as they can be. And I don't let them down. Well, if they're anything like my best friend, thank you. They will be. Just as our time together is wrapping up, Ricardo clears our plates and brings out an espresso-soaked tiramisu to top off an already indulgent lunch. Ricardo, we are done. He has dipped and dunked his bread into my pasta. And as much as I'd like to stay here, basking in the memories from the place that brought us so many, it's time to move on to our next meal. I may not go to dinner. You have to come to dinner. Yeah, so you can get the table. No. I mean, did you hear that? Well, he has to come to dinner, so would we get a table? Absolutely not. As the afternoon slips away and the sky begins to glow, I am filled by the warmth that comes from sharing a meal with someone so important to me. I feel really thankful that I have a friend like this guy. And friendships don't come easy. They don't last necessarily. They have a beginning, they have a middle and an end. And our beginning was here and we're still going strong. Table for Two with Bruce Bozzi is produced by iHeartRadio, 737 Park, and Airmail. Our executive producers are Bruce Bozzi, Jonathan Haas-Dressler, and Nathan King. Table for Two is edited and written by Tina Mullen and researched and written by Bridget Arsenault. Our sound engineers are Emil B. Klein, Paul Bowman, and Alyssa Midgaff. Table for Two's LA production team is Danielle Romo and Lorraine Virez. Our music supervisor is Randall Poster. Our talent booking is by Jane Sarkin. Special thanks to Amy Sugarman, Uni Cher, Kevin Uvain, Bobby Bauer, Allison Cantor Graber, and Gabby Karen, Gianprello de Felice, and the staff of Tutto Ogiorno in Sag Harbor. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.